Sizzler's East Austin Restaurant Fabric. All sizzle and no steak. And can a venue serving 100% plant-based dishes really be sophisticated as well as delicious? Today we investigate whether fine dining and vegan cuisine are contradictory terms. Welcome to the latest podcast edition of Out vs. In, where we share our adventures of eating out with friends and family in popular Austin, Texas restaurants, and then our subsequent attempts to recreate those restaurant meals at home with ingredients from the likes of Central Market, Whole Foods, HEB, Amazon, and Costco. All in our never-ending and noble quest to discover if any eat-out spot is worth diners' money and time, or better to pass by and eat in. There's no place like home. Today, we're sharing the story of our visit to Fabric at 1701 East Martin Luther King Boulevard in Austin, Texas. So the question again, is this trending East Austin restaurant all sizzle and no steak? The verdict. From a food perspective, fabric sizzles. And of course, being all plant-based, there is no steak. But Chef Jay can bring it. You will find her dishes to be a gorgeous riot of textures and colors. From delicate white rice paper pastry embracing edamame, mandarin and mirin gel, and topped with edible fuchsia flowers, to a golden glistening acorn squash pasta garnished with grass green chiso gremolada. Flavors are fresh and unique, and although you may not love each dish, there's enough variety in the seven-course tasting to satisfy all but the most die-hard meat lover. But from an atmosphere perspective, the space is a little bare bones. A floor-to-ceiling glass window beneath an apartment complex opens into a single small room containing seven spare tables and a tiny open kitchen at the back. Everything is spotlessly clean, neat and sleek, but you still feel kind of like you're sitting in a venue that maybe once was a Jersey Mike's. Yo, two salamis on ride. And if you visited some other Austin hotspots like Yamas, with its Santorini-esque decor, or the glowing graffiti-embellished Azov, you might be inclined at first to feel a little let down. Mm. But if the former, the food is not enough to make you forget the latter, the decor, which it is, then the determination to delight, radiating from Chef Jay, her general manager, partner, and husband, Silas, and all of their attentive staff will do the trick. Welcome. Even better, if you can open your mind and pay attention, Did you, see that? you will realize you are part of something special. Wow. A collaboration where you and your opinions are an integral part of a grand attempt to elevate plants from side acts uh-huh. to headliners. Yeah. Of course, because it's good for our planet, but also because plants prepared properly by the likes of Chef Jay can be rich and, dare I say, even decadent. Mm -hmm. Nitty-gritty details, you'll need to reserve a week or two out, maybe longer, if you want a weekend night. You'll be able to choose between a five-course tasting at $70 or a seven-course tasting at $85. Drinks are available a la carte, or you can order a wine pairing to accompany your dishes for $65. You'll also be able to watch owners, Chef Jay and Silas, at work. No walls separate you from the food prep in action. Stay tuned for my visit with them both where they share their inspiration for fabric and their view of the most underrated vegetable you should be cooking at home. So back to the question. Is it all sizzle at fabric and no steak? Well, yes, but in the best possible way because it turns out that vegetables can sizzle too. For more details, listen on. 
A friend who recently gave up eating animal products as well as smoking and drinking all at once, too. An act which brings the words heroic and Spartan to mind, recommended fabric. The restaurant was a bit of a hard sell with my husband and my son, who loves a hunk of bleeding meat. But sell it I did. And on a chilly January evening, we find ourselves circling the East Austin block, trying to spot the restaurant. At last, we spy the glowing F-A-B-R-I-K. We find a parking spot on a side street and make our way to 1701 East Martin Luther King Boulevard. Couples are already seated at four of the five tops, leaving two four tops for us to choose from. We take our seats. Although we are right on time for our six o'clock seating, there is another at eight. Those here before us are already nibbling on a first course. Our server appears promptly, greets us very kindly, and takes our drink orders. A non-alcoholic beer for me, water for Noah, and a cocktail for James. These arrive promptly as well, which sort of begins a theme, as in everything arrived promptly, course after course. I don't feel hurried, but perhaps a little, well, processed or managed. But perhaps that's what a set menu yields, and they do have another round of diners coming later. Still, it might have been fun for a part owner Silas to pop out from behind the tiny counter and say hello between courses. Or for Chef Jay to make the rounds and tell the story behind a particular dish. Once upon a time. They're both super busy, though. It's clearly an all-hands-on-deck affair at Fabric. And the intricacy of the dishes explains why. Our server introduces each picturesque plate with just the right amount of explanation. Enough to intrigue, but never veering into pretentiousness. When we have questions he doesn't know the answer to, he readily says so, and returns promptly with an answer from the chef. I invite you to check out the blog version of this podcast at outversesin.com. Look for the fabric review for images of each dish as there are too many to describe in detail. But here's a teaser. One. First course, blini. Creme fraiche, nori caviar, and dill. None of us likes the texture of the blini. A little too dry and almost crumbly in the mouth. The nori caviar tastes like caviar, though, which is impressive. The trumpet mushroom, a rice cracker, edamame, mandarin, and mirin gel. This dish is a treat to look at. Like a brown and yellow flower within a white flower topped with a pink flower. The mushroom has a bit of a smoky barbecue taste, complemented by the mirin's sweet and tangy flavor. Two. The focaccia arrives next, accompanied by a sun-dried tomato cream and roasted garlic butter. Chef Jay's heart and soul goes into her focaccia as she shares when we talk. The sunflower butter is every bit as good as real butter, but the real treat is achieved by smearing the springy airy bread with both the butter and the sun-dried tomato cream. Doing so produces a rich, savory kick. Our only wish is that this bread had been served as an accompaniment rather than a course unto itself, because our server waits for us to finish all the focaccia before bringing the next item, leaving me a bit full and giving us nothing to sop sauce with in dishes to come. Tragedy. Three. Such as the local cabbage roulade, with ponzu tofu, sesame butter, and sunchoke. This oh-so-tender tidbit delivers smoky, charred flavors in a citrusy soy sauce packed with umami. Four. But it's the gochu chang mixed mushrooms, purple potato, vichyssoise. Yes, I did Google how to pronounce these terms. Hopefully I'm not butchering them. And fermented blackberry, which has me longing for more of that bread for dipping. The mixture of sweet fruit balances the earthy and meaty texture of the mushrooms. The bowl the soup is served in seems enormous for the amount of food in it, but I suppose this is the art of presentation. It does have me musing again about how, with fine dining, we often pay more for less food. And although we later leave fabric satisfied, my boys both say they could have eaten more. Five. Moving on to the acorn squash gondolini, shiso gremulata, and winter squash puree. 
It's the hands-down table favorite and so creamy decadent that it's almost impossible to believe no dairy is involved. The tender handmade pasta melts in the mouth. The squash adds a buttery, nutty flavor, while the shisu gremolata ensures everything doesn't get too sweet. We'd never heard of that before, by the way, so here's a description from the Orange Register in case you're like us. The tasty sauce, chunky and packed with flavor, combines shishito peppers, grilled and chopped with parsley, garlic, and shallot, as well as walnuts, lemon juice, and pepper. All this is rounded off by the last two courses, desserts. The first six delectable green apple, petite gâteau, spiced apple compote, and rosemary sable. Seven. Followed by Riesling sherbet, Virgis granita, roasted grapes, and cacao. How in the world did they make this? I ask her attentive server, gesturing to the compote. Potato protein, he replies with a smile. By the way, he asks, another guest mentioned that it would have been nice to vary the main courses with something more light and bright. What do you think? Were the last three maybe a little rich? We hadn't thought of it until then, but tend to agree. Our server nods sagely and goes straight to the chef. On that note, before we go to our attempts, and I do emphasize attempts to recreate two of these items at home, let's also go straight to the chef and her partner, Silas. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Of course, thank you. So you've been open since the summer, is that correct? Yes, August 3rd we opened. And your menu is changing constantly as well, right? Yes. We're currently entering our third menu because we we started kind of late in the summer season so we were in the summer menu and then we pretty quickly had to start with the the autumn menu and then even like faster after that it seemed like winter just came up so the cabbage dish was a new one one of the amuse bouges was new and the pasta the pasta was was one of my favorites just very very tender yeah so you make the pasta yourself I make it in collaboration with an amazing pasta chef, Daniela Singleton. She's like the head honcho in the city. She is like the top pasta maker. So when we first opened, I was making every single piece of pasta myself. And on our off days, that's all I was doing. I was like, I can't be doing this. And I just so happened to find out that she had left her job and she had just started private chefing and she was super keen. So. She honestly like gave me two days of my life back, yeah. which just went amazing. And she's just so talented. So we can see that in, in the plating, which I'll have some pictures as well. How artful everything is. So I'm wondering, how long does it take you to make all of this, or what's the prep involved before you have us sit down, like we did tonight? Yeah. To so those lovely time. little. I'm sorry, the papery sort of things that was in the first, first course. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, the rice. The rice. The rice. Yeah. So starting today, when did you start pulling this stuff together? Yeah, on a daily basis. So we usually get in around like 10.30 and we start prepping. We're closed Mondays and Tuesdays, so those are big prep days for us. But usually like just about everything you're eating every night has been made that morning. So the breads are made every day all of like the the creams that are served uh, with the bread course and I will say the bread is time intensive yeah. so that, that takes us like 24 hours to make or when I say us I mean her yeah. uh, so she's feeding the starter the night before then she's working it into like one o'clock in the morning yeah. we're usually up waiting for it to rise to yeah. a certain level then she's taking out in the morning so the bread course that is a labor of love I yeah. just have to have to say um, you, you can taste and, the love it yeah is, oh, it's, it's nice isn't it it's, it's like so delicious every time I'm like 
prepping it, I, I you just know, you get to know, like, the feel. Like, oh, it needs more water. Oh, it needs more flour. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess, like, it, we're, it's just kind of full on. We're, like, never stopping. And if we have time to fill, we'll fill it with, like, more technique and, and try to bring that to the plate. And I just snuck into the kitchen. I was doing a lot of front of house uh, tasks. Yeah. Uh, I would say all front of house tasks. I was managing all front of house and waiting every night. And I really wanted to get in the kitchen to help her out. Uh, so now we have some fantastic waiters who are taking that role from me. And uh, now I'm able to, you know, help Be her improve kitchen. some techniques. We're and husband and wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was going to be actually my question. Okay, one thing, yeah. I looked a little bit into your background, yes. which was fascinating that you have this background in, in design. Yes. Right? And then I love the fact with the word fabric, you say it's partly about, you know, weaving things together sustainably, yes. but also the word factory. Exactly. So it's about design. Exactly. Yeah. So... I thought that was a really interesting fusion between the two. And I thought, how did they get together? Well, you, you were together. <laughs> exactly. We built just about everything in the, in the restaurant. So we yeah, we kind of stretched me and everything. Walls and the slatter wall, he did all that stuff. So he came in handy very much yeah. in the, the design and build process. Well, I, I guess that's a, a nice segue into talking about how, you know, it's an interesting space. It's small, right? We wanted a micro restaurant. We also want to do this project without any investors. We really want to do it self-funded, no one else kind of coming in and you know taking control of any of those aspects. And so we knew that we could do it together. She has the cooking background and a lot of front of house and back of house experience. I didn't have a lot of that, but I was passionate about food, I was passionate about wine. So we find this space, we go, you know what, we can make this work into something that is fine dining, even though it was designed to be more of like a grab-and-go grab situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's sort of why you got kind of that unique, you know, micro-tasting restaurant situation going Well, you're on. getting great reviews. Are you all obviously confident, but you're surprised at how well it's going, that you seem to have hit something that, mm-hmm. I, I will say for some people, you know, vegan can be sort of a triggering word. Right. Yes. That's why it's plant-based, yeah. everyone. <laughs> oh, it's plant-based. Plant-based dining. No, all right. It's fine. It's fine. No, no. It gives it that spin of like, oh, the food is plant-based instead of being like, this is a vegan restaurant. I think it puts the emphasis more on like the cuisine and the technique exactly. and the, the ingredients that we're using versus like la- labeling it something that's a movement in a way. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we, all, all this food we're making for everyone. Yeah. We want everyone to come. I, you know, obviously it's great when the vegan community comes and they're like, this is so exciting. We don't have anything like this in Austin. We actually have the opportunity to have like a really nice, like celebratory dinner or date night. That's like elevated. Cause we really ha- don't have that here, but it's also great when you hear the meteors coming in and like, Oh, this is great. You know, this is yeah. fun. You know, there's a decent amount of fine dining in Austin, but there's not, uh, a ton of opportunity for like pre-fixed menus you just come and you really taste different flavors and have that sort of yeah. you know uh so it's experience fun to, fun so. to like add to that exactly. conversation in, in a plant-based way but to answer your question yes we're surprised and <laughs> delighted by the positive feedback i will say that we're very self-critical so any any comment we hear from anyone <laughs> in passing that is like constructive or negative we like action it immediately like we have to fix the problem we really care and yeah. we care so much so i think that that is hopefully like people sense that and they can feel that in the experience well i think another thing that it does for us because jordan did that for us he asked us what do you think about this would it have been yes. nice to yeah. have this here or whatever and what's nice about that 
and you feel like, oh, they're they're working on this, and yeah. I'm actually a part of this experience. Exactly. exactly. I, I'm yeah. here, and oh, I would have liked to have seen this or that. Yeah. And you don't walk away going, well, you know, I didn't like the way that was cooked, because I've had exactly. an opportunity to be a part of the process. Exactly. Yeah. There's a I like there. to say that, you know, lawyers get to have a practice, doctors get to have a practice, and I kind of see this a little bit like our practice. We're always improving, we're always innovating. And so one of the things we are balancing right now is the feedback and our own vision, right? We, we want to take enough of the feedback to make everyone satisfied, but we also want to elevate our vision. So it's an interesting play there. Yeah. And we do... It's a weird line to straddle because we always, we always want to like, you know, hit that next level and be more fine dining. But then if you go too far fine dining, then the portions are smaller. And so there's always like a weird yeah, it's interesting. mix of taking in the, the feedback, but also knowing when to be like, okay, but I want it to be like this. And exactly, hopefully yeah. eventually people will... You know, well, keep the conversation going. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the conversation going, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, we tell all of our waiters. We, we, I don't care if you know a bunch about wine or if uh, we find people that are knowledgeable about food and care about people. And yeah. uh, we really hope that like everyone gets this like interaction. It, it, it's supposed to be the experience, right? You're experiencing food. You're experiencing. The chefery, I guess, I don't know what the right word is, right? <laughs> I like that word. Yeah, sure, right? And, <laughs> and you're, and you're cre- creating rapport with the people that are serving you throughout the night and, like, you know, actually taking care of you, so. We're breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great way to say it. Lovely. Yes, exactly. I, I really appreciate that. So I really take a lot of your time. I'm going to ask you just one more question sure. for our people who want to, like, try to start cooking more sustainably at home. Mm. If I was to start trying to bring anything into my kitchen to say, okay, because, you know, I've got a couple big meat eaters out there. <laughs> what what would you say are good things to start with that might be a good vegan dish to try or a couple of ingredients? You say start just kind of sliding this into the rotation. That's, well, I think mushrooms are yeah, a Yeah, mushrooms one. are a good little gateway. If you like mushrooms. If oh, like we all do. Yeah. They, they were, had a meaty sort of texture. You just get a good little sear on it and then roast it in the oven or you marinate it and put it on the grill. You can really like extract a lot more flavor and help like potentiate those flavors into the mushroom so instead of just baking a mushroom like a putting a portobello mushroom in the oven you can actually like take a nice high quality mushroom maybe score it marinate it and just get some flavor into there so that when you do roast it it like actually kind of caramelizes and brings all those flavors together that was lovely and what i'll say just have the vegetable be the main star when you go to approach cooking something. I think a lot of, you know, people that are doing a lot of meat-focused cuisine, they go, I need the protein, and then I need the side. If you kind of change that outlook and go, what vegetable can I make the star of the plate? That becomes your focus. That becomes like, how how am I going to season that? How am I going to make that substantial and even find out sides to work with that vegetable. I use that too a lot in like menu planning. I look at what's in season or what mm-hmm. farm to table has available from the local farmers and I'll just see one vegetable on there and be like, okay, I'm gonna make a dish around that and kind of let that be the source of inspiration. And you can apply so many culinary techniques that you would use in, in cooking meat to a vegetable, you know, yeah. let's just you know, like pan Braising. Braising it, saucing so, yeah, it, like all, of, all yeah. the same things you could do. I'm finding that inspiring. That <laughs> Okay, I can take a vegetable and think of it like I would think of a cut of meat. Exactly. Then, like, how yeah. would you season it? You would marinate it differently. You'd, like, treat it with more care. What and, sauces are you going to have on yeah, it? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Okay, one other question, then you guys are being so generous. Yeah. What's, <laughs> an, what's an underappreciated vegetable? 
that we should turn to? I like leeks. Yeah, leeks are great. I would say leeks. They're okay. Very basic. You can just cut them in half, give them a nice clean, roast them, and then just put any kind of nice dressing on them or yeah. a nice reduction. Wow. Whoa, reduction. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Well, thank you so much for what you're, you're doing welcome. for yeah, us here in Austin. Thanks oh, for creating thank this collaborative experience and encouraging us to be better diners and, and better for our planet. And I really appreciate the generosity of your time talking to me on oh, such a busy night. Oh, thank you for, uh, for uh, talking to us. We, know, we have a lot to say. So Thank you all thank so, you much. so much. Real treat. Thank all right. You. Thank you. Now for Fabrics Challenger, let's go to your kitchen. We elected to try the squash pasta at home because I'd be thrilled to add it to my repertoire. And the purple potato, vichyssoise. Yes, I do just like saying that word. All results were uneven at best, though. Despite pulling ideas and tips from all over the internet and then applying our slowly growing cooking skills, the pasta sauce came out too sweet and quite gummy. What? For the purple potato, vichyssoise, I really think we could have had a winner. We just used too much vegetable broth in the soup, and our original version turned out tasty but watery. We've adjusted those ingredients, too, in our recipe on the blog. Our version of the gochujang mixed mushrooms to top the soup was meaty, savory, and every bit as good, as I remembered fabrics being. See the blog at in for details of all the ingredients, links to where we bought what, and the cost per item. But here, for your listening pleasure, let's cut to the chase and sum it up. At Fabric, a seven-course tasting like we had is $85.00. With tax, that gets us to $92.01 per person. Add a 22% tip, and we're at $112.25 per person. <laughs> then, since I don't know how to allocate that cost around the various seven dishes, I'm simply going to, hang with me here, divide the total by seven for a cost per dish of $16.04. For our at-home reboots, we came in at $3.05 for a serving of our acorn squash pasta and $2.87 for our purple potato vichyssoise. Thus, at an average cost of $3.20, including tax per dish. The verdict revisited. A $16.04 average cost per dish at Fabric, four cents. Versus a $3.20 average cost per dish at home is clearly no contest from a wallet perspective. But there's also zero contest taste-wise. In that arena, Fabric has us down on the mat and crying for mercy. Help me! And an acorn squash pasta from someone who knows what they're doing, as does Chef Jay. Undoubtedly, those out there versed in cooking vegan food could do somewhat better, but do you really want to? No. Doing so will require a myriad of ingredients, some serious skills in the kitchen, as well as an artistry for plating, and leave you with a lot of leftovers you may not know what to do with. Here, quick. What's a dish you can make with mirin gel, nori caviar, and fermented blackberries? Anyone? Mm-mm. Yeah, I didn't think so. Don't you instead want to take the opportunity, a rare one, to consume some food that is as beautiful to look at as it is good for our planet and support some truly awesome and inspiring restaurateurs while you're doing it? Go to Fabric. Go in the proper spirit. Know that everything placed in front of you is lovingly prepared and served by a duo doing it all without any outside investment. Impressive. Working tirelessly and a whole lot of hours to make their dream a vegan, oh, sorry, Chef Jay, plant-based fine dining a reality. Yes, the fine dining bit is a still a little bit of a work in process in terms of decor and atmosphere, but the feeling of being part of something special makes up for it. And after all, it is Austin, y'all. 
you don't want to get dressed up. So get out there and eat some plants. Now for the disclaimer and copyright. This is a personal blog and a personal podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this blog and podcast are personal and belong solely to the owner and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. With the exception of reboot recipes, all content, including images, unless otherwise explicitly stated, are covered by U.S. copyright law. Users may not copy, reproduce, transmit, distribute, download, or otherwise transfer this content without express permission from the administrator of Out versus In, which, as always, once again, is me. Thanks for listening, y'all. Now go eat some plants!